everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Board Podcast. My name is Stephen Wright. Joined as always, Mr. William Monroe. I know well. Well, well, you're you're Steve. I'm well, huh? <laughs> I'm doing uh, well, as you can off tell. To a good start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exciting. Uh, and we got baseball back here. We're recording on uh, April seventh. Sixers are doing well. Flyers are not doing well. So overall, doing good, but. Um, and yeah, the Flyers, man. Whew. That's rough. I don't know if you've been watching that, but that's been terrible. Yeah, I think I, I stopped like watching every game like maybe a week or two ago because it just got started to get unbearable, and I'll just kind of check the box scores. But yeah, man, it's just tough breaks. Like, it seems like they're in games, and a couple, couple games they got blown out, but they've been yeah. in and games. Not, I just can't like, pull them out. We were the worst team in the league. I think it was 06. And I watched every game. And there's times where I'm just, I'm not in the mood. I'm like, I can't. It's just so hard to watch. Well, that one, I think it's different when you're like a bad team and you're the worst team in the league versus when you're like a good team and you're a really bad team. Like this team on paper is good and is expected to be good and they're playing bad. Whereas 06, were they like expected to do anything? Uh, yes. But that was like coming. I was like the second year coming out of the lockout, and I think you got exposed for having a lot of people in the old era. Yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, uh, this one, that'll do it. Yeah, and I, I've seen like headlines being like the Flyers are just bad enough, and that that seems about <laughs> right. Like they're not terrible; they're yeah. just bad enough to miss the playoffs and be in the middle of the the draft round. So, yep. Uh, yeah, alas, but this is not a Flyers podcast. I'm sure you could make a two hour Flyers podcast if needed, but this is a fantasy <laughs> football podcast. It is, yeah. And today we got um, two rookie mock drafts. We're going to do a one QB and a super flex. Uh, we're going to do three rounds of each of them. We're going to start with the the one QB rookie mock. I'll be drafting out of four. We'll be drafting out of ten. But before we jump into that, uh, we had some movement going on in, in the trade world. My 49ers moved up to the, the third pick. Did that surprise you, Will? Yeah, a little bit. I thought someone would move up, and, and they moved from 12, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's striking distance, right? The Eagles did that a few years ago for Carson Wentz. I think they went from like fourteen to six or seven, then all the way up to two. So, you know, when you're close enough, you you can move up and, and mortgage future a bit. What was it? Two two additional first round picks plus twelve. Uh, I believe. Oh man, what was it? Uh, I think we give up. Yeah, next year's first, and then there might be a first swap the year after that or something. Mm-hmm. Like first or second, first or third, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They're taking a page out of our book with the pick swaps. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, It's an interesting move. Do you have any uh, strong opinions one way or another as to what they're going to do? I mean, if I'm them, I probably would take fields, imagining that Lawrence goes first, Wilson goes second. Um, But I know you mentioned we've heard a little bit of chatter from someone in one of our leagues, and and I've heard some rumors that they could go Lance. You know, I've even heard someone say, you know, that, Shanahan really likes Mac Jones and he'd go Mac Jones at three. So I just, I don't really know what to make of it. I think Fields is, you know, easily in that top three. I think Lance is kind of in a tier of his own four and Mac Jones, you know, maybe is in that tier, maybe is a little below. I think you stand pat and take either Wilson, Lawrence, or Fields, whoever's there. Um, do you have a preference of who you'd like to see your team draft? I mean, I'd really like Zach Wilson just yeah. <laughs> for like sure, that. You'd really huge... like Trevor Lawrence too, huh? Well, yeah, obviously it's just, <laughs> that ain't going to happen, but no, yeah, I, I would really like Zach Wilson for that, like Mahomes, like upside. 
Yeah. And I do like him. I worry about him going to the Jets and like I just don't have confidence in the Jets that they'll destroy yeah. that man. No more case though, so hopefully new regime. We'll hopefully. see. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, you can go back. Like, how far do you have to go back to find a decent quarterback for the Jets, though? Like, yeah, Gino had a couple years. Favre was there for a year, and then you're starting to get back into like the Pennington era, which yeah, is like Pennington. early 2000s. We're talking 20 years ago. Chad Henney. <laughs> yeah, Henney. I mean, Fitz was there. Fitz there. Yeah, they've had a lot yeah. of the, the traveling quarterbacks. Yeah, so I don't trust them. But Wilson would be nice. I'm sure they take Wilson, and then yeah, I think it's going to be Fields. Um, I, I don't believe in the Lance. There's been a lot of Mac Jones hype. And, and, you know, as we were talking before the show, the 49ers don't leak anything. So, yeah. like, all this is just speculation. Take it with a grain of salt. But I think if you need a Mac Jones, you didn't need to jump up to three to get him. I felt you like think. you could jump somewhere else. Um, you know, you'd go with like the, the six, you know, try to get the Eagles six or something like that. And that's where they were, right? Six for the Eagles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting at yeah, I mean, you know, this, this is mounted to be pretty much a three team trade, really. Basically, yeah. But I mean, move up to that pick instead. Even then, I mean, you could probably hold You might have been 12. able to get him at 12. But I guess <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things if you like a guy, go make sure you can get him. And maybe they had some insight that someone else wanted him, you know, in that five, six, seven range or was going to trade up. Um, so they wanted to make sure they got their guy, but who knows? Like you said, it's all speculation until we get the draft takes. Niners are pretty good at keeping their, keeping their mouth shut about that. Yeah. And there's a lot of unknowns, right? Like, will Atlanta draft a quarterback? No one really knows. Some think they will, some think they won't. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? So there are some, uh, some question marks in there, but yeah, I think it's fields at the end of the day. It makes too much sense. Yeah. It does make the most sense. And and we'll see, you know, I I just got uh, a tweet that says here that the Niners currently have four quarterbacks on their roster. Plus the number three pick. So they got, it looks like Jimmy G, Josh Rosen, Josh Johnson, and then who we just talked about before the um, podcast, former Eagles quarterback Nate Sudfeld just signed there today. So four quarterbacks, you'd imagine, you know, either Rosen or Johnson, if not both of them are going to be gone. You're not going to sign Sudfeld to cut him, right? Yeah, I'd imagine both Rosen and Johnson will be cut. Johnson, definitely. Yeah. He he was bought in as an emergency guy. Camp body. Ted worked with Shanahan before in mm-hmm. Washington, maybe. But yeah. I, I Yeah. And Rosen, obviously, man, what a bust. But, you know, as a third string guy, that's fine. But yeah, you're not going to sign Sudfield and keep him, I don't think. So, eh, whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, maybe in, maybe they're prepping for a Jimmy G trade. Yeah, you know, right. He's maybe gone. You load it, up on a couple of veteran guys that maybe you can start the year with if you do yeah, take a guy yeah. that is not as pro ready. Yeah, maybe you end up with Fields, Sudfeld, and, and Rosen, and that's mm-hmm. your group. You cut Josh, you trade Jimmy G. Maybe yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? We'll There's see. been quite a few quarterback trades, though. You know, as your reference says, it's kind of a three way trade. The Niners move up to number three. Um, Dolphins move back to 12 and then immediately trade that 12th pick and, and another first to the Eagles to move up to six. Eagles back to 12. So that takes the Eagles out of the running, likely for a quarterback. And I think it sets the Dolphins up really nicely to get probably the top skill player, if not, you know, maybe the second best skill player at six, especially if we get four quarterbacks going in the top four or five. Yeah. Yeah. They've done, uh, they've done quite well. Uh, the Dolphins have over the past couple of years with their their trading and, and their picks. It, yeah, it's something else. I congratulate them. I hope it, all the picks work out and you know they can turn that franchise around. It's yeah. going in the right direction if Tua can pull it around. Or yeah, I know you you you've been a little skeptical of Tua, but he's going to have all the weapons that he you know he can handle at his disposal. I, you know they have a, the twentieth pick, another early first, 
or an early second round pick, I believe. So they're in good shape to probably draft, I'd imagine, a skilled player there at six. And they could, you know, if they really want to strike at the running back position, they could take him at 20 or they could take him in the early, um, you know, in the early second round. So they should really be able to build that team around Tua. And if he's the guy, you've got it. If not, maybe you're a destination for a veteran quarterback, you know, with a really good young core, kind of like the Bucks did. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, you know, bringing this up, it, it's a good time to mention, you know, our next episode is going to be our draft predictions. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, go, we'll talk about, you know, where fields are going to land, what San Francisco is going to do, what will Atlanta do? Uh, we'll talk about those Eagles, those Dolphins, or Eagles and uh, the Dolphins and everyone else and, and see where we're projecting people to go. We did it last yeah. year, had some fun. Um, I think I think I had a really good call last year that not a lot of people had, and I forget. I think it, was it was one that you maybe you didn't get the, the name right or the pick right, but you got the team right. I think it was Jonathan Taylor to the Colts. Yeah, and people on Twitter are like, "Is anyone actually like predict this?" I was like, "Hey, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, congratulate me." Um, right. So yeah, we'll be doing that. That'll be fun. Um, that'll be our next episode. Yeah, it is. Um, it's crazy how close we are. I feel like the draft always seems so far away until the week of, but I just pulled the calendar up and. First round is four weeks from tomorrow. Yeah. Three weeks from tomorrow. Three weeks from tomorrow. Yeah, it won't be long. It's the 29th. And then uh, before we jump in, we had uh, Sam Darnold finally get moved to the Panthers. What do you think about that? It's interesting. I feel like at first glance, it didn't seem like a ton, right? I mean, obviously, just just a six-round pick this year, but a second and a fourth next year. So, you know, know, it, it seems like a decent haul. Uh, but I saw someone, you know, make note that, you know, if, if it's a guy that you are going to be moving on from anyway, right, you you know, you're drafting a quarterback at two, you're going to get, you know, you're just looking to get, get anything for him. Cause you're not going to roster him and the you know, first round pick. And then, you know, someone also noted, obviously he hasn't been as bad as Rosen, but you know, the Cardinals got nothing for Rosen pretty much. So, or what, maybe a fourth round pick or something. So you, they're at least getting some value at the second plus. Um, did you have a big revelation there here? Yeah. I mean, the second's really good. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was, even if it's next year, that's a good return. Like I wouldn't have paid more than a third for him, mm-hmm. but I mean, a second's a lot. I mean, it's a great move for the jets. It from a Panthers perspective, it worries me because like, obviously you're not drafting a quarterback. Now you, you've got your, I mean, I wouldn't think so, but now you got Darnold. If he doesn't work out, then you're another year behind. And you're drafting somebody well, they, next year. And they year? took them, uh, and I believe they picked up his option. So Darnold right, they will be up. under contract for at least two years with Carolina. Yeah, so you're, you're really tying your your wagon to this guy that yeah. hasn't really performed and like could really set back your franchise. Because if you stick with him for two years and he doesn't work out for two years, you know CMC's window starts closing. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same to say for for running backs, but that's just how it is. Uh, he's a pass catcher, so maybe you know he can carve out a little bit more there. But you know his window will start closing, and he won't be in his prime anymore. And then you're going to be stuck rebuilding again with a new quarterback. Like that's worrisome. It's interesting. I mean, I think this is probably one of the best options they had, unless they could make like a Watson trade, right? That's going to be expensive. For sure. Yeah. Yep. You got to imagine Darnold's probably you know one of the top two or three quarterbacks if he was in this draft, right? They didn't have to trade their first round pick, so they could still go get him another skill player if they want at, you know, eight or nine. And I did see that he's actually only twenty three years old. He came into league very young. Very young. Darnold yes. is younger than somebody I think he's younger than Najee Harris. Like he's younger than some of the guys getting drafted this year. Um he's already so, 
throwing out just another name, assuming the price was the same, would you rather trade for Darnold or Jimmy G? If I'm the Panthers, yeah, I probably, as a fan, would want Darnold. I just you know like the upside more. Obviously, you know we mentioned I think before the podcast here. Jets are a dumpster fire of a, of a franchise, unfortunately. You know, respect to all the Jets fans out there that have stuck with them. As an Eagles fan, I know how difficult it is, but you know, a lot of that is Adam Gase in recent years, so I'm sure most Jets fans are thrilled that he's gone. They just haven't been able to be consistently good for so long. And a lot of, like, you look at all these players who have left Adam Gase and have thrived. Um, so I, I yeah. think that yeah, I would probably rather go with the younger upside guy. I think you know what you're getting with Jimmy G, right? You're getting a, a probably a better version of Teddy Bridgewater, right? A very good quarterback, a guy that's going to, you know, doesn't probably have the ton of upside, even though he's got, uh, what, he's been to two Super Bowls now, technically, with the Patriots <laughs> yeah. backup. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I just probably not super interested in him. If I, I guess like, you look at it, you know, at the window, but, like outside of that, right? If you're drafting a rookie, Darnold's probably going to be, you know, on par with that in the next two years, right? Maybe if you get, you know, somehow can get Lawrence, it's different. But any of the other guys, I can't see them being dramatically better than Darnold, you know, in in these next two years, getting you to compete, right, with that CMC window. So who knows? I'm sure one of the quarterbacks will end up, you know, really sticking out like your Herbert last year. But I like the Darnold trade. I think he's got. More weapons than he's ever had, a better coaching staff than he's ever had, and he's still a young quarterback. So I think it's it was a good trade for them. If it works out, you know you you're probably gonna have to sign him to a solid deal, but you know only two years of production. If he does, you know, ball out for two years, you might be able to get him on a relatively decent contract too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so they got their quarterbacks sorted out. Are you ready to uh, go ahead and jump into this mock? Yeah, I don't think there's any other big news um, that you know trade-wise here. So I think it's time to move over, and we'll get into our rookies here. Yeah, let's talk some rookies. Before we do, as always, give us a follow at Trust Your Board on Twitter. Tag us on all your polls, and we will retweet and uh, give some commentary there. Awesome. Let's go ahead and get the ball rolling here. As I said, I'm drafting out of the four. Willow's drafting out of the ten. Uh, sleeper does, uh, do some funky things with quarterbacks with these rookie mocks. So we might have to manually plug some people in here, uh, but we will play that, uh, by year a little bit later. So we have started the draft. Uh, Harris did go with the one Oh one ETN went with the one Oh two and Jamar chase with the one Oh three. I don't think that's uh, too surprising. Right. Will? no, that makes sense. I mean, I think, you know, in a vacuum, you're probably going to take the, running backs for the first three. Um, I don't have any problem taking one of these elite receivers earlier, right? Your Chase, your Smith, uh, Waddle. But I think just the value of running back, you're probably going to see most drafts, those three go either top three or like this, three out of the four, three out of five. Uh, But I think it's a pretty easy tier of Harris by himself. And then just below them, ETN, just below him, ETN and and Javante Williams. Um, and then, you know, pretty big drop off for the running backs and because of that scarcity. I think that's why running backs go in this first three picks in most, uh, rookie mocks you're going to see. Yeah, for sure. And I, I tend to agree with you. Um, Williams is going to be the guy for me. I, I do give a pause for Devonta Smith being here. Um, you know, obviously if it's like a tight end premium, I'm, I'm looking at Kyle Pitts, but mm-hmm. 
you know, very specialized there. So I, I think I will go ahead and lock in uh, Williams here to get a running back. It's really hard to, to, to pass up on running yeah. backs at the end of the day, right? Like you said, he, he probably should have went to 103. That's also, you know, sleeper and their quarterback stuff aside, it is hard to do rookie mocks because it's it's very team specific and mm-hmm. what your need is. Maybe not so much up here because everyone needs a running back. So you're going to grab ETN, you know, early on or something, right? Like, you're not going to pass up on Najee Harris because you have, you know, five starting caliber running backs. You're just going to add another to your grouping, but you know, maybe more where you're, you're drafting there at the 110, it gets a little bit more situational, but yeah. for me, it's not situational. I will grab the the running back here that I think most people have as their consensus three and uh, lock in Mr. Williams. And we'll see what gets to you here. Will. so he's been locked in Devonta Smith went right after mine. There's Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields going back to back at six and seven. Interesting. Um, finally, there's Kyle Pitts over there at the 108, and then Waddle right before your pick. What do you think of the quarterbacks going? Seven, eight. Yeah, it's interesting. I think Fields is probably a little early, especially not knowing the landing spot. I'm guessing Lawrence goes somewhere between six and eight or nine in most drafts, and then. You know, whichever quarterback is either the Niners quarterback or like the best positioned guy goes, you know, closer to the either 12 or early second round. So I don't know that, you know, you see both of them go there, but maybe, you know, maybe Fields goes to the Niners and, you know, both of them are really highly sought after. Um, But this is definitely an interesting spot here at 10. Um, It's interesting. One of the teams in my other dynasty league owns like most of the first, first round here. And he has picks, I believe it's um, like five or four through like 10. He has like all but like one pick. Yeah. So we've already like chalked up that he's going to go, with you know, Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Kyle Pitts in the middle there. I think he's got like, I think he's got five, six, five, six, seven and eight and then 10. Yeah. So like we imagine he'll go Lawrence and, and, you know, Pitts there and then just go, you know, best available wide receiver running back across the rest of the way. I think he's got two as well. So it'll be interesting there. But yeah, in this situation, you know, probably going to look at just kind of best available guys. Um, Pitts would be the only, uh, Pitts or Lawrence definitely would take them there. Um, other than that, I'm probably looking at a receiver. Kenneth Gainwell's interesting if he goes to the right spot. You got Michael Carter at running back, Chuba Hubbard. But I mean, unless Kane, Gainwell goes to, good position i don't think that he jumps up so i'm looking at wide receiver top two here for me would be rashad bateman um or rondell moore rondell moore is a little on the smaller side but he's really explosive uh, i believe he sat out this year as well whereas bateman's a bigger guy he's you know more of your typical x receiver i typically like the bigger guys there probably going to be <clears throat> dependent on the situation and at at a point you know in the last year or two these guys were you know talked about with your waddle with your chase as you know possibly the wide receiver one devonta smith really stepped up this year and kind of took that so i think it'll probably be either those two at this point as i mentioned it's probably landing landing uh spot dependent and you know i'm okay to kind of bounce back and forth between the two so we'll go shot bateman you know on this one you know, in another draft, I might take, um, might end up taking Rondell Moore, but either one I think would be a great get here, you know, with Pitts and Fields going a little earlier. 
So we'll go Sha Bateman after him, the aforementioned Rondell Moore, Brevin Jordan, tight end at 12. Uh, back to the front of the draft here, Pat Fryermuth, another tight end from Penn State at 2 1. Amon Ross St. Brown at 2 2. Kenneth Gainwell there at 2 3. Would have been a nice get for you. And it's your pick there at 2 4. Yeah, Gainwell was really the one that I wanted there. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's a shame. Um, so I am I'm debating between three people, and and this is where it really becomes a uh, like a team dependent move, right? Because the three people I am debating between is a quarterback, Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. tons of upside. You know, you're going to be looking. You know, as long as he goes to the Jets, probably around here. Unless you know, you always have those guys in your league that are like super hype on someone. Yeah. Um. So you know, if he goes in the back of the first, and you know, surprise, surprise. But you know, Zach Wilson here would be interesting. Um. From a running back standpoint, Michael Carter would be cool. Um. You know, he's not going to be like your big featured back. I don't think you're between the tackles kind of a guy, but a fantastic pass catcher. Uh. And you know, that kind of role could have a lot of longevity in the league, as we've seen. You know, your your sprolls like people who are around forever, right? James White's mm-hmm. around forever compared to, you know, a Todd Gurley that was more like a flash in the pan after, you know, a few years and he's gone. So he could last a little bit longer. Uh, and while that's not like the most exciting pick in the world, you know, when you start throwing darts, you know, when you get in the middle of the second round and you're your uh, odds of hitting are, are going down. Something like that's pretty nice. And then uh, Tyler Wallace being the, the wide receiver option here, uh, obviously, you know, great at going up and getting the 50, 50 ball. Uh, and that's always a good thing to have. You know, quarterbacks like relying on a person like that. So, you know, if I had a need at a, at the wide receiver position, I would probably go ahead and grab Wallace here, you know, you could say the same thing about every position here. If I had a need at quarterback, I'd take my shot on Zach Wilson. If I didn't have any needs there, I, I would probably go ahead and, and just grab Michael Carter and just to add another running back. Uh, I think I think I will go ahead and I'll stick with Michael Carter to, to take another running back here and just grab another shot. You know, wide receivers are always easier to come by and, and you know, I'll just take a dart throw at somebody in the third round and, and kind of see what happens. Obviously, landing spot come real drafts is going to have a large impact on a lot of these players at this mm-hmm. point. But for now, we're going to go ahead and like a, lock in uh, Carter there. Got both of the North Carolina running backs. They played on the same team last year. Yeah, yeah, they did. That is true. Um, Hubbard finally went. Then Tylen Wallace there at the 206. We have Tony at 207. Marshall and Trey Sermon right before your pick. Any surprises in that group? Um, not really. I mean, Wallace, Tony, and Marshall were all three guys I was looking at. Sermon and Chuba are you know running backs that are quality, and and they'll likely be running back dependent or um, dependent on where they go as well. Um, so I think that all makes sense. Kind of was hoping for like a, one of those receivers to fall uh, at this point. There's not too many running backs, you know. I'd be super interested in Kylan Hills, interesting out of Mississippi State, but. Most of these guys, you, you got to hope they go to just a place with a ton of opportunity. So I'd probably stay at the wide receiver position, although Zach Wilson is interesting here. You know, if you are a QB needy part, you know, team, late second round is a great spot to get a quarterback, even if you just want to get a, a younger guy to potentially have to build around and, you know, give yourself some depth. 
Wilson, you know, is probably the guy I'd be looking at here um, outside of the other positions. Colin Hill, um, Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. I've heard a lot of hype on him. I haven't seen too much tape, but believe that, you know, he's been in, you know, in a good spot. Um, you got Seth Williams, I say Chirot, Damani and Terry, Dayami Brown. Uh, Ramondre Stevens, the running back, if you really need a running back. Uh, another guy a little further down, Jamer Jefferson out of Oregon State. He's going to get in a lot of love and I think higher up on rankings than this has him. Um, but for argument's sake here, we're going to go with Zach Wilson just to get the quarterback. Um, you know, at least in one of my leagues here, quarterback is a very important position and a lot of teams jump on that uh, early on and, and actually have. More value than the standard one QB usually does. So we'll go Zach Wilson here at 210. After him, Kylan Hill, Ramon J. Steven, Dwayne Eskridge, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones. So I hope you weren't banking on getting a quarterback because the top five are off the board here before you're up. Oh, uh, yeah. I uh, I was going to think about it. Um, I really didn't think that either of them were going to go, uh, which... I find interesting. I mean, what do you think? Do you think both of them should be going early third round? I mean, obviously, to a degree, it's depending on where they land. But yeah. as of now, what do you think? It's one of the better quarterback drafts, you know, deep depth-wise that we've had in a while. So I would imagine most, uh, at least four, maybe five of these guys go in a five-round draft. You know, you know, Mac Jones is going to be the kind of borderline guy. It depends where he goes, but. You know, in a four-round draft, you're definitely going to have all five of these guys go. In a three-round draft, maybe. Um, maybe not this early. I'd imagine maybe one of them goes here. Like, maybe Fields goes early second. You know, somebody goes late second. Then you get, like, an early third and a late third. But you're going to have runs that, you know, maybe my Wilson pick forced a couple guys to, you know, jump on a quarterback early. So, it's interesting. It is. Um, I... I'm kind of surprised to see Diami Brown here. Are you? Um, yes and no. I've heard, you know, he, he's got a lot of high rate ratings here, but from what I understand, he's more of like a one trick pony. Um, and he is like a speed guy, but you know, maybe one of those guys that's going to help his NFL team more than his fantasy team. Once again, I haven't watched really any tape. So I, I, you know, only go off of what I've heard and, and some of the analysts that I've heard talking about him. So from what I hear, at least dynasty wise, he's someone that, you know, some people say you may want to stay away from, you know, and be one of those guys that's really going to help, as I mentioned, his fantasy or his actual NFL team over your fantasy team. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what I've seen as well. Uh, I've seen him named as like the best value potentially in the draft because he's going later and Mm -hmm. he has, he has the ability to be an impact receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely. But like you said, he's done a lot of a kind of like just the, the deep, deep route kind of stuff. Like he doesn't have a great route tree, but a lot of people think he's capable of it. So do you take that shot? I mean, maybe you end up with like a Henry Ruggs kind of situation. I don't really like drafting those kind of people. But <clears throat> in the third round, that's not a bad shot to take. So like, do I take an upside shot on somebody that can maybe turn into something plus have deep burner potential? Um, or, you know like sage is there like you said he's a little bit more like a possession guy that's probably a safer route um 
that's not a bad option, I, I think. But if I'm standing in the third round, I don't know if I want to play it safe with any shots. Like, I'm just going to take an upside shot. And to me, that's Deami Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you have a lot of, you know, top end wide receivers and you need kind of like a safe guy, you know, like we've always talked about adding like a Beasley or, you know, someone that's going to get you, you know, a handful of targets every game and you could plug them in there on a bye week or something. Um, then, you know, Sage isn't a bad option, but Deami Brown, I think is the guy I'm going to go with and just take an upside shot and see what happens. You know, I haven't drafted any wide receivers, so that's definitely where I'm looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's purely about upside. So we'll lock him in uh, another quarterback going off the board, oh. Jamie Newman. Uh, oh, wow. And there's another two <laughs> boy uh, sleeper likes his quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, they really <laughs> Jamar Jefferson. Course. They did. Yeah. It's backloaded here, but uh, Jamar Jefferson, Patterson, Elijah Mitchell, and then uh, Kyle Trask is the other one going off at 309 right before your pick. Yeah. A couple more quarterbacks go. You don't imagine they go in, in a regular draft here this early, but Jamar Jefferson was one that, you know, I don't imagine would fall to a 310, but would have been easily taking him. Um, obviously, as we mentioned, all the running backs after the first three are going to be a little more dark throws and, and team dependent, but he's a guy that I think should probably go in the second round. Um, and, you know, someone I considered at 210. So definitely was interesting. Um, I've heard good things about Jared Patterson out of Buffalo. Once again, haven't seen too much on him. So at this point, I'm really just looking at wide receivers. One guy that uh, is interesting is Ole Miss wide receiver Elijah Moore. Um, he, as well as, um, then we got, uh, Tamari and Terry are, are guys that at Florida state that probably the highest here for me. Um, and Elijah Moore, I've seen a lot of people talking about him in the middle of the second round. So I don't imagine he's available here, but he's a guy that I'll lock in. Um, and you know, not having a team we're drafting for, I'm just going best player available. So your quarterbacks and your wide receivers typically are the longest lasting positions so we're going to take those and, and just kind of build around that um after him goes another tight end hunter long and sage charat to round out our draft awesome so that's going to take care of the the, the one quarterback rookie mock we're going to do uh will do you have any closing thoughts before we move on to the superflex? anything jump out and surprise you here um nothing really that we didn't talk about you know once again it's you know those top three running backs in the early first and then you're going to have Probably a few reached for in the late first because of the scarcity of the position, but you're going to have most of those guys gain well. Carter, Hubbard, you know, your Sermon, your Jefferson, Hill, maybe in Stevenson. I'd see a lot of them probably going in the second round because teams need running back and they're just looking to kind of gobble up anyone they can. Uh, but, at, you know, this is a very deep receiver draft. There's still a few guys, Tamari and Terry, um, Amari Rogers, Seth Williams that weren't drafted here in the first three rounds that I imagine, you know, should be. So you're going to have a lot of receivers available. If you have an early pick and you can get one of those three running backs, lock one in, uh, cause you'll have a good chance of getting, you know, a quality wide receiver a little later. Yeah, and I'll just add real quick. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year for the tight end position. I mean, obviously Kyle Pitts is going to go early. He's, <laughs> a, he's a, you know, a beast. He's a next level, but you know, your Jordans, your, your, your Hunter Longs, like, you know, where are they going to go? And it's going to be, I think it's going to vary a lot draft to draft. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the position this year. Yeah. I mean, I think Brevin Jordan and Pat Fryermuth are both really good tight end prospects. And if Kyle yeah. Pitts wasn't in this draft, you know, people would be fighting over them for the end of the first round. Um, you know, and, and you know, long-term tight end dynasty assets, but with Pitts just being potentially a generational talent. Uh, you know, they, they get a little looked over. 
Yeah, and this is the kind of deal we got to look at your league and, and look where everyone has their picks and where their need is because you know if somebody has a need at tight end, Kyle Pitts goes earlier. You know they they jump up for Jordan and, and that pushes Trevor Lawrence down one more mm-hmm. spot. You know that kind of stuff happens all the time. So got to practice a little bit. But well, yeah. how about we uh, move along to the superflex? Does that sound? Yeah, like? yeah. Let's pop over there. Get the superflex going. Reversing it up. Uh, I'll be in the two position and Steve will be in the eight position for this draft. Yeah, no, uh, no star quarterbacks for me, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to get one of the five, I think. Yeah, we'll we'll take a shot at like Mac Jones, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, in Superflex, yeah. I imagine you're going to have five going in the first round. You know, maybe more, yeah. but those five should be going in the first round, which is what makes the depth of a Superflex draft that much, you know, that much nicer. Yep, and we're probably going to have to plug in some... Uh, some quarterbacks here because they uh, outside the first two fields and Lawrence, their ADPs are pretty rough, even though we got super flex, but okay. So we went ahead and got it started. Surprise, surprise. Trevor Lawrence is first off the board. Yeah. So this is where it comes down to who is available and, and the, the position, obviously Trevor Lawrence is gone. So everybody else is available where the guy lands landing spot is going to be huge for the second and third pick. In a vacuum, I probably go Fields. Um, but if let's say you have Wilson going to the Jets and Fields going to San Fran, right? I think that makes it easy. Fields. If if you have you know someone like Mac Jones or um, or even Trey Lance going to San Francisco, it comes a little more difficult because I do like Wilson a lot, um, and he's going to have the opportunity to start right away. So you're going to get production right away. And then, you know, where does Fields go? Does he go to Atlanta and sit for a year? Does someone else trade up for him? So I'll take Fields just, you know, to get the talent here. Um, but if he's not in a great position, I, you know, have no problem taking Wilson second because uh, we kind of know where he's going to be. So we'll go Fields with the second pick. After him, Najee. So I'm thinking, Will, uh, that the 103, I went ahead and paused it. Yeah. Um, they went with Najee Harris. Do you think that should be an auto Zach Wilson? I say the top four should be Najee and Wilson. You know, it's going to be team dependent here, right? Maybe you have three good quarterbacks and you just want to get that running back. I have no problem with Harris. I think Lawrence obviously has to go one and, you know, two should be one of the better quarterbacks, but I don't know that you necessarily, and and likely three is a quarterback as well. We could see it just like the NFL draft, one, two, three, four, four here fantasy teams as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd say likely it's Wilson, but I don't have a problem going with Harris there. Cause I think he's going to be a stud. So then I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to plug in Zach Wilson at the, the, the four spot. Perfect. And then what I'll do, maybe one Oh, like we, we've got to plug in another quarterback here, uh, Lancer or Mac Jones. Um, do you think we should plug in one before it gets to me? Yeah, I think you know. Super flex, see right? see, see what five does, and then you can give six. You know, six a quarterback if they don't take one. Yeah, they were the ETN. Uh, Jabbar Chase went with the one hundred six. We'll let that stick. How about one hundred seven? We'll go with uh, who do you prefer, uh, Lance yeah, or, or Mac Jones here? Probably put Lance in. You know, obviously it's going to be landing spot dependent, but Lance probably in a vacuum has you know the more upside, and the guy is what I imagine most teams are going to be looking for. So you put Lance there, and then yeah, then it's to you here. Okay, yeah, it is to me, uh, which is an interesting spot to be in. Um, I find myself in the same spot I was in in the last mock. Yeah, basically, because Najee Harris 
ETN and Jamar Chase are gone. So I'm sitting with Devontae Smith mm-hmm. uh, and Williams again. So I am in a similar spot. The The real question comes in on uh, Mac Jones now. You know, do I go ahead and, and take Mac Jones because he's a quarterback or do I somewhat start executing on the same strategy I just did? Um, you know, at the 108 position, you know, I'm back. I made the playoffs. You know, I'm sitting, you know, as long as I didn't trade the pick, I made mm-hmm. the playoffs. So I'm probably sitting pretty good at quarterback. So that's going to weigh in on the decision. You know, my quarterbacks were, say, like, I don't know, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, and then, you know, whatever, a competent third, you know, quarterback. Then, you know, I'd probably lean on Mac Jones a little bit because, you know, Brady's getting a little bit older. But, you know, if I'm, uh, if I'm sitting there with two younger guys, like a, um, I mean, I don't know how you would have finished a 108, but if you had like a Mahomes and a Russell Wilson and then a third string, you know, maybe I'd go ahead and I'll, I'll take my running back or my wide receiver. Uh, for now, since we don't have the, the luxury of uh, having rosters, really, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the super flex up. I'm just going to grab Mac Jones here and grab a quarterback. Yeah, makes sense. There'll probably be more that go. Okay, I don't have this set. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, oh no, indeed, it's not set properly. Um, that's fine. Um, so we got Bateman that wet. That's a shame. That's a uh, that's a tough loss for you. Yeah, I mean, luckily in this case, I would get the other guy I was looking at and, and Rondell Moore probably. I guess you could look to tight end, but I'd probably still be looking for best available guy with just a lot of talent on the board. So, you know, Bateman goes one there and probably lock in Rondell Moore. Yeah, and that's uh, an interesting call out with the tight ends. You know, we see the difference between this this mock and the previous one. Kyle Pitts only falling all the way back to the, the last pick of the first round. Yeah, very um, That would have been real nice if it got to you. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, dude, that would have been easily locking it in. Uh, but yeah, I'll set him manually here. So we had Bateman go off at the... Uh, the 201, you are on the clock. Um, you, you mentioned more. Is that what you're going to be doing? Yeah, yeah, we'll lock in, uh, in, in more here. I think he's probably the, you know, that kind of next tier of receiver um, break. You got your more, uh, I think it's more Bateman, probably, you know, outside of that top three tier. Um, you know, I think you can probably argue with Elijah more as well, um, Jalen Waddle. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Tyler Wallace, Amon Rossi Brown, Terrace Marshall. They're all kind of in that next tier as well. But yeah, I'd you know, be thrilled to get Rondell Moore or Bateman with you know the, the 202 after already locking in fields. So at this point, uh, I don't want to go ahead and just lock in. You know, We're mostly going to go down ADP, but again, the quarterbacks are a bit messed up. Yeah. Um, we got the big five off the board. You know, so we're still looking at like Davis Mills, Trask, Newman. Um, do you think any of them go in the second round or between me and your pick here in a super flex? I think you probably go gain well or one of the tight ends over them. Maybe, the, you know, that, that five or six pick uh, goes with one of them because you're really just taking a shot on them being a starter. Now, if you're even a remotely decent starter in the NFL, you're very valuable in Dynasty uh, super flex, but. I think it just you know comes down to where they are. So yeah, I'd say lock in, you know, your Gainwell, your Jordan, maybe Friar Muth and a quarterback after that. Yeah, so maybe like two oh seven? Yeah, two oh seven makes sense. 
Now, is there uh, is there a particular quarterback that you have? I mean, like you know, you're kind of throwing a dart, you know, when you're getting it later. But is there anybody in particular out of like the the Mills Trask Newman group that you particularly like? Or I'd say the only other person that's not drafted right now that I mean, I'm not big on Newman. I'd say Trask would be the only other one that yeah. I would want to draft. Trask now, obviously, if anybody goes to a decent situation, you're going to take them. But Trask is the yeah. only other one that I think would be remotely interesting. That's going to be our jump then. We're going to plug in uh, Trask right there. We'll add a, another tight end here. Oh, boy. So uh, that leaves me with some interesting options here. Um, hmm. This again, a very familiar <laughs> kind of look between yeah. uh, Michael Carter and and Tylen Wallace. So I guess I will maybe do the opposite. I mean, you also have um, Chuba there that you know has fallen given his prior season. Mm-hmm. You know, if he ends up at a really good spot, I could see him quickly rising back up. Um, but I think her. Huh? This stuff because I don't want to. I don't want to bail. On, I don't want. If I don't draft a running back here, then I might as well not draft a running back. Yeah. Because I mean, once you're hitting the third round, right? Like, why? Yeah. I mean, so, who knows? Like I said, it's going to be you know each round is like a, a half a round better with all the quarterbacks going. So it's interesting. Yeah, it is. So I think I will go ahead and uh, I'll take an upside shot on Chuba here. It's probably a little bit early. Um, it sucks passing up on you know Tylen Wallace or, or Tony, but. I don't want to leave without a running back. So I'm going to go ahead and lock him in here. And, uh, right. We're doing all this manually. And, yeah. Uh, little long. We'll, we'll see what happens here. Um, so we will continue on down. Maybe we'll right here after me, we could go ahead and plug in, uh, another quarterback here. Um, yeah. It's by the and, end of the first round or second round, someone will probably grab another quarterback. So I think that yeah. makes sense. We'll plug in Newman there, your yeah. boy. That's how I will now call him. Um, <laughs> my my, the, my Cephas? Uh, <laughs> yes, your Cephas. Uh, we'll put in Michael Carter. We will get Tony in there. And then I believe I should be able to start this draft back up. Yeah, I'll look at do that. This Just the second yeah. round. Trey Sermon goes off the clock, off the board, and you are back on the clock, my friend. All right. So this gives me an opportunity to get a guy that I was interested in last draft in Terrace Marshall. Kylan Hill is also interesting as a running back prospect. If, if you know if it's a you know, running back needy team out of Mississippi State, exciting player. But I think Terrace Marshall just has you know too much talent, and I do think he's going to fall because of how overshadowed he was. You know, two years ago he was the wide receiver three on a championship team behind Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, uh, and then last year he had, had a chance to showcase it, but LSU was bad, right? So people are going to assume, oh. Jefferson gets drafted, Chase sits out, and you know, obviously the rest of the team gets drafted the year before too. But you know, people are gonna think, oh, you know, maybe he's not that good if he can't lead this LSU team, but they had a lot more problems, right, than just the receiving core. So I think he's a very good player, and I think he is gonna be, you know, someone you probably get I don't really know where to gauge him in this, but you know, somewhere in the early to the middle of the second round, you're gonna be able to get a quality player in Terrace Marshall. So We'll go to Terrace Marshall here. Um, we'll have Fields, Marshall, and Moore as my three picks. After him, your boy, Diami Brown, who will now be dubbed your boy. <laughs> Kylan Hill, uh, Jared Rice, tight end. Oh, don't know that name. Ramondre Stevenson and Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, um, 
you know, I I kind of regret doing what I just did. <laughs> um, I'm looking at uh, Jamar Jefferson here at the running back position, which would have allowed me to take like Tylen Wallace or, or Tony um, earlier, and I could have ended up with one of one of the all three positions here. But he's an interesting running back to me, where I think. Maybe not on the level of CEH, but kind of like CEH last year, where like prior to the draft, he was what? Everyone's like fifth or sixth running back generally, right? Like you had uh, JT was typically at the top, you know, Swift was up there, Akers was up there, um, Dobbins was always high up there. So then it was probably CEH, right? So he would have been fifth. Mm-hmm. That sounds But he gets right. drafted. Yeah, I, I think so. And then he gets drafted to the Chiefs, he skyrockets to number one. Um, I, I don't see that in the cards for Jefferson, but I could see a kind of similar situation where, you know, he's kind of the back end of everyone's list or not back end, but, you know, further down on everyone's list when you're looking at the other ones and Najee Harris's other world. Mm-hmm. But if he gets drafted to a good situation, I could see him kind of pulled up. Um, so, you know, obviously things are going to change between now and when the draft actually happens. But for now, I'll take that shot and another shot on a running back here. Um, you know, plenty of other good. Uh, wide receivers here sage like i mentioned before mm-hmm. so there's some options there but whatever you know running back at the end of the day is a little bit more replaceable so i will go ahead i will lock him in there um the the rest of the draft pans out to uh jared patson sage uh, riley ferguson and javian hawkins mm-hmm. probably gonna be some more quarterbacks in there um maybe your real draft given it's a uh a super flex like a davis mills um Bond, maybe, depending yeah. on where he gets picked up. Um, I saw some rumors that maybe the 49ers go and they try to grab like a Mond late and, and tag him up and grab like two rookies, yeah. kind of like an R- RG3, her cousin situation. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't turn out that way for you, though. <laughs> yeah, well, they hit on cousins. That was yeah. just, you know, the Washington franchise being trashed. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, could you imagine cousins right now on that team with Terry McLaurin and that defense? Don't that would actually now. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Sucks to be them. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so maybe a couple other quarterbacks sprinkled in there. But you know, you got your your big ones out there early. So the change from one QB to superflex. Anything jump out to you here? Any um, surprises? No, nothing major. I mean, you're going to have those quarterbacks go early and, and probably often. But I, I just don't know enough about the deeper quarterbacks to say whether any of them. You know who who should go in that second round outside of Trask? I think is the only other guy that interests me out of the top five. But yeah, I mean the Superflex drafts are always interesting because you see so much talent fall into the you know second and you know even the end of the second, early third round. You're gonna have a lot of talent that you are more than happy to gobble up. Usually, those top twenty players you know contain what one to two quarterbacks, but in the Superflex, it's pushing some of those top twenty players you know into the third round. Yeah, and you got to think when you're when you're talking about like the Jamie Newsoms of the world, you quickly forget about these people if they don't turn into anything. You know, last year, you know, people were drafting Jake Fromm, uh, Jacob Eason, Jordan Love uh, in all different areas for Love, but you know, Fromm and Eason were going in the back of uh, of uh, Superflex leagues, and you know, they're not going to turn into anything <laughs> really. Um, I don't even remember where did Fromm go? Did he go to Buffalo? I don't even recall. I want to say he went to Buffalo. Yeah. That yeah, sounds and, right. Yeah. Now he's probably third string behind Trubisky. Maybe Trubisky's third string. I you know, I don't know the other quarterbacks on the roster. Um, 
Jacob Eason had a legit shot. Everyone knew Rivers was nearing the end. Um, but, you know, unless he shows a lot of progress and Wentz really just does suck, you know, he's probably gone. And then the only other late one that I remember was Jalen Hurts, I think, was going kind of late. Um, you have seemingly kind of hit there. At least he's starting. So. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, you got to take shots on these guys in Superflex and a lot of them don't pan out. But every once in a while, something hits. Yeah, about wraps it up. Uh, solid rookie draft here to get us ready for the upcoming rookie uh, NFL draft and, and rookie draft season starting likely in early May. So good luck, everyone. And we'll be talking to you in a few weeks here, getting prepped up for the actual NFL draft. Yeah, doing our draft predictions episode. So yeah, tune in then. Until then, folks, trust your board.